And there you have it. The head coach of the SEC champions, Steve Spurrier. He did it on the field last year with the best record in the league. He's done it for the record books in 1991. Clay Everett is out there and... Oh, he got it! And oh! Florida fans from now on will remember the 1991 team. The Lord has smiled on us all season, and that last drive, he smiled on us again. Welcome in, Gator fans, to another edition of Celebrating 91. Hayes Carline with Graham Marsh here, and we are breaking down one of my favorite games that I ever attended at the Swamp. 35-18 over the fourth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, just an unbelievable environment. 85,135 people packed into the Swamp. At the time, it was a record uh, crowd for the state of Florida. There was a national TV audience on ESPN, which was rare back then. Again, we're talking 30 years ago. Uh, so for, for Florida to be uh, featured in the Swamp uh, in primetime, uh, on a national cable network was was big news. Uh, Florida enters this game four and one, three and zero in conference play, and and really, I mean, for all the good things that happened in the '90 season and Spurrier's debut, uh, the one thing that went wrong was the trip to Neyland Stadium. Tennessee beat the Gators forty five to three, and and so this was this had the opportunity to really be a statement win for Florida if they were able to take down the volunteers and uh as we all know they did 35-18 it was a really peculiar game in that it really came down to uh how each team executed in the opponent's red zone uh Florida was able to uh hold Tennessee to one touchdown despite Tennessee getting into the red zone five times. Florida forced five turnovers in this game, three interceptions, two fumbles. Of course, the play that Gator fans that are old enough to remember uh, will never forget, Larry Kennedy's 44-yard pick six uh, to seal the game. Just absolutely a deafening moment in the swamp. Uh, he just stepped in front of it and and went, and as soon as he had it, uh, you knew it was a touchdown. And uh, just a tremendous play. It happened pretty much right in front of me and my dad. Uh, just an unbelievable moment um, uh, for Florida to get that win. Uh, Florida, on the other hand, was brilliant in the red zone. They were four for four, uh, scoring inside. Uh, uh, it's really the Vols uh, 30, but Florida was magnificent when they got uh, – when when they got deep into to Tennessee territory, and we're going to talk to uh, to a player that we all love and, and admire from his days at Florida, that scored twice that night. Uh, Florida running back Eric Rett, still the all time leader in career rushing yards for the Gators. Uh, so can't wait for you guys to hear from Eric Rett about what it, the environment was like. Uh, that night in the swamp and uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. So there's a, there's more that I want to get to in this game. But before we do that, let's just turn it over. Here's Eric Rett. Florida legendary running back Eric Rett, kind enough to join us as we celebrate 1991 Florida Gators' first official SEC championship. Eric, first off, thank you so much for joining us today. And I can tell you as a 15-year-old that season, thank you so much for all the uh, contributions you made to one of my favorite Gator teams of all time. Oh, man, it's a pleasure to be here. That was a... That was a great year. You know, I was Coach Spurrier's second year, and that was a, I believe that was the year we won our first SEC championship. 
What, what was that season like uh, for you? I mean, going into it, what were some of the expectations and what was it like to fulfill that goal of, of winning the school's first official title? Well, you know, the year before we had actually already won the SEC championship, but because I believe we we're on a probational period, I don't believe they was able to give it to us. But we had that, that that tradition just carried over from the 1990 team. And I believe most of these guys were coming into the senior year. A lot of these guys that came in with the, um, the 87, 88, 87 recruiting class, a lot of those guys are all seniors now. And um, it, it was a great year. We had some great players on the team. I mean, some phenomenal players. We had guys like on defense, we had Brad Culpepper. He was All-American that year. We had Tim Polk and um, I mean, just we just had so much talent going all around the board. And the competition in practice was just so competitive all the way down to just our scrimmages in practice. And, you know, Shane had a phenomenal year and just offensively, we were just loaded with weapons. And, you know, Spurrier just he adds ice into the cake with his play calling skills. And for you personally, I mean, that 35 nothing win over Alabama, you run for a career high 170 yards. Uh, you come back against Mississippi State, have another uh, unbelievable game, 142 yards uh, and a touchdown run. Then you guys get to the Tennessee game and uh, you score twice in that game. That w- How big was that Tennessee game for you guys after what, what you know, the the beating that they were able to give that 90 team. What kind of a statement was that for you guys? Oh, in, man, in that, 91? Was, that was, Oh, that was definitely like revenge right there. Um, you know, that, that, that 90 game, they just, we went up there very highly ranked. Uh, we, we, I don't know what happened that night. They just, they really put it on us at 90. And this was an opportunity to definitely, man, to seek some kind of little bit revenge man and we definitely we definitely handed it to him you know it was a it was a good game but it was we we really really handed it to him that night so um that was i remember i remember that like yesterday (laughs) and i remember how loud it was let me tell you something um at the game larry kennedy had an interception for a touchdown that's right And to this day i don't know if anyone can say that that stadium was any louder than that night right there. I mean, I mean, I believe that clinched the game. I believe we won somewhere like 20, 24 to 19 or something like that. Um, and man, that, that clinched the game right there when he, when he got that interception for a touchdown. Eric, I was in the stadium that day as a fan and I can tell you, I completely agree. The, the electricity and the just euphoria when Larry Kennedy took that back for the pick six, (laughs) it was incredible. <laughs> that was that was awesome, man, man. And you know, it, it's it's like every play, every player is defined by one play. I'm sure, like people see me or game, and the first thing they talk about is the, the the Georgia game from '93. They remember that game right there. That's what they remember me by. And when you mention Larry Kennedy's name, wow, this this young little freshman that came in there and like, man. He jumped out there, man, and, and, and ran in front. I don't know what the receiver was right there. We ran in front of him, but he took a chance and just 
got that interception and took it all the way to the house, man. And that was just a that was a wonderful victory, you know, to, to celebrate knowing that they had just beat the brakes off some that just the year before that. Yeah, absolutely. And and where were you in, in your career at that point? Because you had had such big time performances coming in and then you score twice against the Vols in a big win. What were some of the keys for you individually and uh, in, in gaining that trust of the staff and, and becoming one of the best running backs in the nation? Well, early on, see now, understand the 90 season, I was sharing you know, I split rotation with this guy named Willie McClendon. Right. And um, we, you know, I, I was actually a backup in 1990. And then um, in 1991, in the spring of 1991, I actually, you know, won the job. So, but with that said, he was a very, very good running back. And we also split time in the 91 season. So, you know, I, you know, after the Tennessee game, we went up against, you know, Northern Illinois and we put up, you know, some great numbers. And one thing about this team right here, we had a lot of talent. We put up a lot of numbers real fast, which enabled everybody to, to participate in the game. You know, and, and Spurrier really wanted everybody to participate in the game, man. So after the game in the locker room, man, everybody's enjoying it. It's not a, it wasn't a team where, like, somebody's unhappy in the locker room because they didn't participate. The way we were set up, everybody participated. And, and how big was beating Tennessee when, you know, again, this is people forget this is before the divisions, uh, before an East and a West. Uh, how big was it beating Tennessee? Did you have it kind of in your mind that this is the team that, that we have to, particularly after thrashing Alabama, this is the team we have to go through if we're going to achieve this goal? Well, you know, this, 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 we, we knew that I, I believe they were losing quite a few people from that team right there. You know, they, they lost a lot of talent to the NFL and that 90 team, they had Dale Carter that had left. They had um, Alvin Harper that had left, you know, and so they were, they were on a rebuilding year. So they wasn't really that much of a factor to us. You know what I'm saying? Like, like so many other teams were on the list, but they was just a team that was in the way because, you know, that year we was, you know, we were really on a mission that year. And I believe that, that was probably one of the best teams, you know, in um University of Florida history. That ninety-one team, that was a team that shoulda and could have easily went all the way and competed for a national championship, you know, up against um University of Miami that I believe that actually won it that year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, when you look at the records you guys set offensively, it was it was incredible. Uh, no team had gone seven and zero in the SEC since like nineteen seventy seven before you guys did it. Uh, you guys were were winning your SEC games by an average of like twenty two and a half per game. The the yardage and point totals were just astronomical. Uh, what was it like at practice during the week? What what was it like being a, a part of that team in the locker room as well? Well, you know, one thing about our locker room, man, like I said, you have a lot of fun. And and the and the and the tradition is carried down. Each, you know, each level is carried out, whether you are class of eighty seven, you look up to the you know, they take care of the guys from eighty eight, they look up to them and the guys from eighty nine, we look at the guys from eighty eight. So the tradition and the respect is there for one another. And that's that's one thing that we had, and we just had that that when Spurrier came there, man, that the tradition of winning just all of a sudden happened. You know, we were before that, it was like, you know, we'd be lucky to be seven and six, uh eight, you know, eight and four, something like that there. But the games that you were expected to lose, 
we lost. The games that you expect to win, we won. But when Spurrier came there, man, just to just to turn around and beat a team like Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, Georgia, and Florida State in one year, I don't know if that's ever been done before. Yeah, that's I, I really don't know. I mean, just to, just those teams right there to be Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida State in one year. That was, you know, that, that, that's, that's unthinkable. I believe the, the only game that we it, it got away from us was that, you know, that Syracuse game up there. So that, that, that could have turned out a little better. We could have easily been competing for a national championship. Yeah, absolutely. What what was it like uh, working with Coach Spurrier? Oh man, you know what? what it, it's this that that Spurrier to me. When I think about you know Coach Spurrier, I think about like the the Steve Jobs of Apple. You know, he helped revolutionize the way the game is played at, at the collegiate level, and like and man, he. He's one of the few, the few coaches that really develop players. But if you gave him a great player already, he's going to make you better. And, and the way that he makes you better, he likes when players compete. So, and, and, and it's open to competition. When he comes there, understand nobody has a secure job. So you could have been like the 15 um, quarterback like Shane Matthews was, and you still have the opportunity to compete. And when he first said that, when he first signed on the University of Florida, we, we knew it was going to compete, but a lot of coaches say you're going to compete, but they already have the set guys who are number one, number two, number three. But in Spurrier's case, everybody competes every year, and the best players play. And that's the way you keep it. And that makes everybody want to get better. Every day you want to get better, better because, you know, that competition, hey, at any moment he can switch it up. Like, for example, I, 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 Danny Warfel was our quarterback, and, 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 and all of a sudden his backup, Eric Kresser, comes in the game and breaks the SEC record. <laughs> so it goes to show you that you, you think you're on top. You you you'll go down one game or you'll get benched one game and he'll show you that your backup can be even better. So you better compete in that competition. It makes you better. Unlike now, nowadays the minute you bring a young kid competition, what does he do? He puts his name in the transfer portal. He doesn't want to compete. But see that Spurrier, he wants you to compete because competition makes you better. It makes you a it makes you a better player. It makes you a better person. And when you reflect on your life later on in life, you realize the only way you got where you are today is through competition, through competing. So you shouldn't be afraid to compete. That's a great point. And and I'm glad you brought up Shane because and and being the fifth uh, string guy when when Coach Spurrier arrived, what was that like from your perspective to see, uh, you know, Shane elevate from, you know, the fifth string guy to a starter who was, you know, SEC player of the year? I mean, it's, it's just so amazing. And through competition, because through any other coach would have came there. If any other coach would have came there besides Coach Spurrier, you would probably have never heard of Shane Matthews' name. And and, and that's a shame right there because everything that he accomplished and to go on and play in the NFL 14 years, he would never have been given that opportunity right there. But a man came out of school that let you compete. Everybody is going to compete. And I remember when they named him the starter, and I always say, wow, 
This guy was just over. He didn't even go over there with the regular quarterback. He was over there with us, handing the balls to the running back. You know, we 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 had so many other other great quarterbacks at the moment. You know what I'm saying? And um, the one the starting quarterback right was right when he right when Spurrier came there. Spurrier saw well this guy. He's more of a runner, so I need a pass to Donald Douglas. So Donald Douglas ended up transferring right away. And um, then you was left with Kyle, Lex, um, 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 Brian, Brian. You know, we left with three other quarterbacks, and it's two more other quarterbacks after them that are still in front of Shane. Shane wasn't even in the top three, top four quarterbacks at all. But once again, man, competition, it makes you great, man. And Sporia brought out the best of them, and he likes Shane's touch. Shane had that nice, soft touch. And a lot of times, quarterbacks, Coaches will go with quarterbacks or running that remind them of themselves. And I believe that Spurrier saw a lot more himself in the way the way that Shane carried himself on the field, off the field. Shane just real chill, man. And, and, and it's great to be in the huddle with him, man, because it's a lot of fun being in the huddle. Yeah, no question about it. And those those are unbelievable points because it's something I've never thought about. But you're right. What if uh, what if Steve Spurrier isn't the Florida coach? What happens to Shane Matthews? Does he ever get a chance? That's uh, yeah, that's brilliant insight. And uh, Eric, you guys also had uh, an unbelievable offensive line that year. Very senior laden. Uh, what was it like working with with that offensive line? Oh, man, that was a great offensive line, you know, led by um, our guy Kyle Dixon. You know, that was the um, he was the man, you know, so. Um, that was our, that was he. I believe he was our center. We had um, um, Ishmael and a um, uh, uh, big Mark. Uh, man, we had so many guys, you know, uh, up there. Man, big Tony. So it's just it, all those guys were seniors, and all those guys they come from that 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 program went off. You know, when 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 Hall recruited, you know, Emmitt Smith. So it was an honor to have his, his offensive line as seniors. So <laughs> that was it just. That that offensive line was just truly, truly amazing, man. Absolutely, you remain the uh, the school's all time leading rusher uh, with four thousand one hundred and sixty three yards. Uh, how much does that record mean to you? And and do you think it'll ever be broken? You know, I don't really know if it'd be broken simply because a lot of guys when they get quite a few yards, they'll they'll go pro early. And um, you know, and a lot of people always I always get their remarks like, "Hey, Emmitt Smith would have probably did more if he wouldn't have left early." But I always say, you know, um, you know, I split time with another guy for two or three years. You know, I so I I wasn't just a starter, but I came out the game a lot. And then we were in a passing offense where everybody had a lot of fun. It just wasn't about Eric Rett, you know. And I caught quite a few balls. I mean, I caught more balls than anybody in the history of college football with four thousand yards. So that's the that's even a hell of an honor right there. So, but you know, just knowing that, man, we. Everybody, it was a complete team effort. And w- once again, it's all about a locker room after a game. You could tell a lot about a locker room after a game. That locker room right there, for my four years playing there, it was fun after the game. It wasn't no frustration where a lot of guys didn't participate. Spurrier made it where everybody participated, and it was a lot of records broken. Yeah, it really was. I'm glad you mentioned that because you were the only player uh, to run for a thousand yards and catch 40 passes. Was that just something that you had? Uh, was that just a God given gift? How much did you have to work on the receiving aspect of the position? 
you, you know, you know, I've always you caught caught a, caught the ball pretty good. You know, young guy playing in the streets, playing football. But like, you know, if we if we drop a ball in practice, we had a complete coaching effort. My coach was Coach Carl Franks that did a fantastic job with him and Coach Reeves did a great job in my senior. But we also had Coach Dixon who also was a great mentor of mine. So if I dropped the ball in practice, oh, man, I probably would stay at the practice with him, and I would probably catch 500 balls. Him just throwing me real quick passes because I dropped one ball. And, like, you know, I, I, I probably can recall dropping one pass at the University of Florida. My senior year, I dropped the ball that went through my hand, and a guy picked it off for an interception. His story is complete. He threw me on the bench for that right there. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just like, wow, I dropped one ball, and I get on the bench. I haven't dropped one ball in four years. <laughs> so, but it just goes to show you, man, you know, with the expectations of playing in Florida, when you come there to that program, the expectations are high and it's high. And how do you, you know, how do you get to that, that level? We, we do repetition and Coach Spurrier, we, he treats you like a pro. We didn't have a, we didn't, he didn't treat us like little boys. He tr- treated us like pros, meaning that like we wasn't a team that had like, we were curfew. Somebody checking curfew every 30 minutes after 11 o'clock. It wasn't like that there. I, I, I'm going to let all you guys be leaders. And all you could do is, you know, he has just that, that philosophy, man. If you want to be here, you know, do the right thing. If you don't want to be here, you know, you know, there's a door right there. But we're going to surround ourselves around winners, and we're going to win at this program. And he came in and completely changed the whole program around because it wasn't a winning program. Did we always have the athletes? Yes. Before Spurrier came there, it was even phenomenal athletes in 89. And all of some of those guys carried over in 90s. A lot of, quite a few of them left. But it's always been great athletes at Florida. No question about it. Well, Eric, thank you so much, not just for your time today, but for your contributions to uh, the Gator program. I can tell you again, being a, a fan, I loved watching you and uh, just that 91, all, all the teams in the 90s that you were on were, were so much fun. And uh, you were just an amazing player. And I uh, just can't tell you how much I appreciate your time today and what a pleasure it's been uh, celebrating the 91 season with you. Oh man, thank you, man. It's been this is actually be the twentieth year of the nineteen ninety one season. So, you know, hopefully this is the year to Gator, man. And definitely and and go Gators. Go Gators. Eric, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Okay, buddy. Take care. All right. Bye. Man, some fun stories there from Eric Rett. Really enjoyed his time uh, and appreciate him uh, giving us some time to talk about that 91 team and all the fun moments from it. Uh, it, it was it was a, a really peculiar game. Uh, Andy Kelly, the Tennessee quarterback, threw for 392 yards. That was the most Florida had ever allowed by an SEC opposing quarterback. Um, but again, the turnovers were uh, the 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 name of the game for for the Gators that night. Uh, Florida was also brilliant special teams wise that night. Uh, they blocked a punt. Carlton Miles blocked a punt in the third quarter that led to an Eric Rett three yard touchdown. Shane Edge uh, averaged 54 yards a punt on his four. Uh, so special teams were just a huge factor. Will White uh, intercepted a pass. That was the 11th in his career uh, to move to second all-time in school history. Just a really fun night. A lot of big plays all over the all over the place. Uh, great night to be a Gator. And this was uh, this this is sort of the game that 
you started to feel like, okay, they may actually do this because you knew they'd be able to keep this title. Uh, you knew that, that this was this one was going to be one they could keep if they want it. Florida now is 4-0 in SEC play, 5-1 and overall, and, uh, and only now with three conference games remaining. So uh, a huge statement by the Gators as they take down fourth-ranked Tennessee, 35-18. to 18. That's going to do it. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Celebrating 91. Once again, thanks to our friends at Harrell & Harrell for sponsoring the podcast. If you need them, give them a call at 251-1111. Hopefully you won't need them, but if you or a family member is in need of a personal injury attorney, Holton Julie Harrell are great people. They're from Jacksonville, and they're going to take great care of you. That's going to do it. I'll look forward to talking with you guys next week on Celebrating 91. Yeah.